broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Chattanooga, Tennessee, it's time for Chattanooga Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. And welcome back to Chattanooga Business Radio. Brian Joyce, that is my name, and I'm the host of today's show. And we are broadcasting live from the Regis Office Center in downtown Chattanooga. Coming up on this program, I'll be talking with Jonathan Cleary. Jonathan works with One Million Cups Chattanooga. We want to find out what that is all about. And keeping the food and drink theme going in just a minute here, we'll also be talking with Mariano Sebrian. And Mariano is with Panorama Imports right here in Chattanooga as well. So we'll be talking with Mariano in just a minute as well. First, let me welcome to the show Jonathan Cleary with One Million Cups Chattanooga. And uh, Jonathan, so far we have had a little bit of a food and beverage theme going on uh, on our shows today. Now, you sound like you have something to do with coffee, but I don't think you have anything to do with coffee. So explain what (laughs) One Million Cups is all about. So, well, we do have coffee. Um, We're One Million Cups Chattanooga is meetup every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. We're um, a Coffin Foundation program. Um, I'm sure if you, um, anyone listening here has heard of the Coffin Foundation, a, good, a big entrepreneurial uh, group over in Kansas City. But we do, um, the idea is that the best startup ideas come about over a million cups of coffee. That Everyone gets together, meets, shares ideas. And so what does it look like after one million cups of coffee? So um, one million cups is the Chattanooga branch. And we mm-hmm. um, have a presenter every week, uh, usually a local uh, startup, local business. and um, Share their share their ideas, ask questions, and get the discussion going. Now that's interesting. I I didn't know that maybe that's considered a benchmark in uh, in the startup universe because they always say if you want to be good at anything, right, ten thousand hours is what right, you exactly. need. So we've got data on for startups. It's, it's uh, we're measuring it in coffee now. <laughs> it's all right. So it's one million cups of coffee exactly. Yeah. Uh, interesting stuff. Jonathan Cleary with One Million Cups Chattanooga. Uh, Jonathan, where and when do you meet? So we meet 9 a.m. now at the fifth floor of the Etney building, um, 9 a.m. down there on Warehouse Row. And what kind of startups, businesses do you have coming to see you? All kinds. Uh, Usually we like to have people under three to four years that have um, some sort of product to show off. But that's about it. We um, just kind of new, innovative startups, um, Chattanooga-centric, that Mm -hmm. um, have something to show and talk about and get get the ideas flowing. Your role as a, your official title is a community organizer mm-hmm. with One Million Cups Chattanooga. So uh, talk about that. What is your role as an organizer with this organization? Well, uh, what I'll do is coordinate with the people that want to present. We have a web portal for people to apply to present. Um, I'll coordinate with them as to um, what, they, what they need to do, uh, which videos, what their structure needs to be, uh, what steps to follow, um, how to set up their PowerPoint um, that we'll need. Day of, uh, myself and the other organizers will um, take turns facilitating. You know, um, uh, helping the helping people ask questions to whoever's presenting and um, walk people through it, and uh, just kind of be the public face of the community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I believe you're in a new location downtown at the Edney Building. So, um, how do you think? Do you think that new location will be a benefit to you and to One Million Cups? Yeah, we've been at uh, Green Spaces for over a year now. Green Spaces on Main, which has been fantastic. If if you haven't been to one of their events, uh, you know, Green Drinks, um, any of their myriad of meetups they have there, has just been fantastic, and we've been happy to be one of them. But the Edney Building provides us uh, an ecosystem within 
that we can uh, tap, you know, tap in from people don't have to travel from the south side over and find parking in the morning if they mm -hmm. fit for the nine o'clock time slot. So that the location just to be big for the people that are already in the building. They can come see what we're all about. There are similar events that are already being done in the Etney and not everything needs to be in the Etney, but the structure and what One Million Cups is belongs there mm -hmm. um, with mm -hmm. everything going on there. So I think the just the built-in community of the Etney building is going to be a tremendous help to us. So you have startups and businesses presenting at One, one Million Cups. And you were saying this is once a week or how once often? Once a week. Yep. Once a okay. Week. Now, in terms of uh, people who want to attend, uh, I'm assuming you know you want to get people in there to to hear about these ideas as well. So uh, just talk about that dynamic here. You have presenters showing up once a week. I'm sure you have uh, other attendees who are probably interested as well. So what kind of opportunities does One Million Cups provide to, uh, to all of these people? Sure. Um, we have a great community, great people that have come in, like-minded individuals, entrepreneurs um, that are looking out to strike, strike out on their own. And as we all know, networking is a big part of that. Mm -hmm. um, I really like the, um, the benefit that the presenters have gotten. We've had people come in for their first presentation it's a little weak. It's your first first time in front of a microphone. It's as you know, it's pretty nervous. It could be tough. Right. Yeah, it, it could be tough. Um, and then they'll come back a year or two years later, and they're fantastic. There's perfect presenting manner. They've gone through the whole shebang. They've gotten their reps in on mm -hmm. pitching, and they've got. We've had one one guy who was um, had this idea to follow wild boars at farms with a drone. Um, and, his first, and that was right when we first started. And, you know, he was struggling to get going. And then, um, you know, he had, it was obviously, that's a pretty ambitious idea. It was a little rough going the first one. And then he comes back two years later and just nails it. He's fantastic. He uh, uh, dressed up in a suit and brought the drone that he had actually built and done. And it was perfect, mm -hmm. absolutely perfect uh, presentation. And that's the, as a presenter, that educational process, um, I think there's a ton of value. As an attendee, um, we have a lot of regulars. There are little communities that kind of bubble up out of the out of one million cups itself. There's one um, accountability group that just started, and um, they kind of got together and did their own thing there. And that that sort of thing is obviously really valuable. Anyone trying to break into Chattanooga and get to know people, we're very accessible and very well. That is one of the nice things about Chattanooga. Uh, absolutely, the accessibility. Now, when, again, when you talk about the attendees, so what kind of folks uh, tend to attend these meetings? Is it is it just people from the community who are interested in seeing what's going on in the business community and uh, in terms of entrepreneurial? Uh, startups, or do you have potential investors coming down? A, a, a whole mix of people. So I'd say it's it's definitely a diverse group. We have a lot of people, a lot of transplants come in, a lot of people not from Chattanooga come in. They mm -hmm. see our meetup page and they want to come and learn about um, what's going on in the community. We do have investors show up. We have students. We really have all kinds. They tend to share the idea of I want to do something right. I want, I have an idea. I want to share it. I want to talk about it. And um, I want to talk about it every week. You know, mm -hmm. I want to, I want to meet with people and see what other people are doing and learn as much as I can. So the entrepreneurs who show up to present, where do you find them to be at, at, at their, you know, stage of business? Are they showing up to present because they want to secure investment? Are they just there to, I just want to get my idea out there. I want to, I want to see if there's, I want to gauge if there's any interest in this idea. I want to see if maybe there are other people who are interested in teaming up with me, or is it again, the, a combination the all of, of all the above? Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. um, there's value for all those people for whatever reason they want to come in. It's a, 
Yeah, the um, what I do find this interesting about it though is people that come in to present, they tend to stick around in, as attendees after. If you see sure. one million cups for the first time, you come in, and then some of our biggest regulars are people that, show, that we contacted. We saw you. Know, you've got an idea. We've seen you on Facebook forever. However, we caught wind of you, and then they just keep coming back. What stage does a startup need to be at to present at one million cups anywhere? Or? Uh, we're very lax about the general guidelines. Again, less than three <laughs> to four years tends to be the rule. But basically have something to show, have a concrete idea. Um, you don't come in with one idea and finish your presentation with another. That's uh, As long as you're not doing that, you're basically fine. Right, right. And how would, uh, if somebody is interested, an entrepreneur, a businessman, interested, has an idea, would like to present, uh, how do they do that? How do they sign up? Where do they find more we, information? Um, the Coffin Foundation provides us with an excellent web portal to do that. One uh, millioncups.com. That's one, the, the number not spelled out, uh, slash Chattanooga. You can search for us on Facebook, see us on Twitter, everywhere. And uh, that the application to present is right there on the website. This mm-hmm. big apply now button. Talking here with Jonathan Cleary. Jonathan is a community organizer with One Million Cups Chattanooga. This is Chattanooga Business Radio, and we're broadcasting live from the Regis Office Center in downtown Chattanooga. And uh, Jonathan, uh, before I let you go, obviously, I, I would like to talk with you as well about uh, get your thoughts on the overall startup scene, the landscape in Chattanooga. I mean, this is obviously something that the city has has sort of uh, prided itself on over the past, especially five years where things have really started to heat up here. But you talk about the accessibility, you talk about uh, one of the advantages to Chattanooga is is how easy and accessible it is to maybe get your ideas out there, meet like-minded entrepreneurs. So Talk about that for a minute. What stage do you think the city as a whole is at right now? Where do guys like you fit into that stage and and what's going on right now? Obviously, it's a good question. I would say that if you're not excited about what's going on in Chattanooga, then I don't know what you're going to get excited about because we have so many resources here and so many people just willing to hear any idea out. I think that you don't necessarily have to take every single meeting every single resource in Chattanooga. You don't have to go through every single accelerator, every single front door to get where you need to be. But uh, the fact that they're there, the fact that there are people willing to help, that's got to be a significant stage in the development of mm-hmm. a city like this. You know, the, Today, the Coffin Foundation just released a report on Chattanooga saying this layered approach to small towns is something that everyone should really be paying attention to. I, I would definitely check that out, the, uh, the report they just submitted. Um, on that. So I, it's difficult to quantify what stage we're in, but whatever it is, I'm excited. Talking here with Jonathan Cleary. Jonathan is a community organizer with One Million Cups Chattanooga. And again, this is Chattanooga Business Radio broadcasting live from the Regis Office Center. Um, any entrepreneurs who do want to reach out to you, I'm not sure if we gave, where, what's the best way to reach you? Is it a website? Is it Twitter? Is it Facebook? Uh, Traditional uh, phone wanna, number. If you want to reach us directly, hit the website. If you want to um, find a find a great link to the website, just search One Million Cups Chattanooga on Facebook and you'll get pointed in the right direction. And are there any entrepreneurs out there, should there be any entrepreneurs out there who are maybe a little bit uh, skeptical or, or uh, you know, afraid of presenting at One Million Cups Chattanooga? Is there... Is there a specific kind of business that presents? Is it a lot of tech startups? 
or, you know, earlier today, we're talking with a gentleman who started up a, an idea called the Weekly Fig, which is just a delivery service for, for local natural food. So generally speaking, on a weekly basis, what kinds of entrepreneurs do show up? Well, this is the great thing about our community organizer system. If it was just me, it would be a lot of tech guys, because that's my background. Greg Laudeman brought in some, another community organizer brought in some excellent startups. I never would have thought of a, a family law center, just brought in all these people. Saw Hutton and Smith came by Emerson, and that was all him. That's uh, some fantastic stuff from our diverse crew. Grace McPherson's another one. She, um, a UTC student, mm -hmm. uh, brings in college kids. Mary Sargle over at the uh, Etney Building at Society Work brings in those those guys as well. So we keep a diverse crew because we have you know, we keep we keep diverse organizers so that we can bring in those diverse sure. startups because. You know, you're you're going to bring in what you're paying attention to. So it's really it's it's really a way of connecting people. Absolutely, connecting entrepreneurs, people with ideas, and people who want to get those ideas off the ground here in Chattanooga. Absolutely. Once again, Chattanooga Business Radio. We're broadcasting live from the Regis Office Center. Brian Joyce, that is my name. This is Jonathan Cleary. Jonathan is a community organizer with One Million Cups Chattanooga. If you want more information about them. You can go to their website, www.1, and that's the number one, not the word one, 1milliancups.com slash Chattanooga. Jonathan, I appreciate your time. And stick around here because uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to talk with Mariano Sebrian. Now, do we want to take a break before we do this? All right. Let's take a short break here. I've been talking with Jonathan Cleary from 1 Million Cups Chattanooga. Again, check him out at www.1milliancups.com slash Chattanooga. We'll take a short break, and when we come back, we'll be talking Argentinian wines with Mariano Sebrian. So hold tight. This is Stacy Crisp with the Regis Business Center located downtown in the Talon Financial Center, where we provide flexible working solutions. Whether you need a private office, a virtual office, or use a meeting room, it's all on flexible terms, month to month or two years. Call us at 423-617-6660. And welcome back. This is Chattanooga Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Regis Office Center in downtown Chattanooga. My guest joining me on the show right now is Mariano Sebrian, and he is with... Well, Mariano, I want to get this clear. I may have mispronounced it earlier today. Is it Panorama Imports or Panoram? No, it's uh, Panoram Imports without Panoram. an A at the end. Yes, no A at the end. Okay. Mariano yes. Sebrian with Panoram Imports uh, right here in Chattanooga. Now, you are from Argentina. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right. So what brought you from Argentina all the way to the uh, fair shores of Chattanooga, Tennessee? Well, uh, initially, I came to go to college in Georgia. And uh, then uh, after that, I moved to Chattanooga and made it my home since uh, about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Love it here. Now, um, Argentina, obviously, your homeland, uh, one of the things that they are very famous for is wines. And uh, how did this all start? How long has Argentina been a significant exporter of some of the finest wines in the world? Well, uh, Argentina has been producing wine since the 1500s, really. Um, so uh, we've been doing that for a long, long time. And uh, for the longest time, Argentina focused on producing quantity in wine. And uh, shortly in the past 15 to 20 years, we have been focusing on producing quality mm -hmm. and exporting uh, mainly to the U.S. It's been growing. Argentina is one of the most or best value wines now in the market. Mm -hmm. What makes an Argentinian wine so special? Uh, you, you hear so often times people say that uh, some of the wines they drink from Argentina are the best in the world. But um, 
I know you're probably a little bit biased, but um, in your opinion, what makes a good Argentinian wine so good? We have a lot of different varietals, but uh, Malbec is the one that most people know. And what makes it appeal to a lot of people is that it's a very versatile wine. Mm-hmm. It's um, approachable to any kind of wine drinker. The one that doesn't know much about wine, the one that's just starting to know about wine, or the wine aficionado, can, uh, everybody can get something out of it. It's, um, we have very round tannins, smooth feels, good fruit in the wines. So they appeal to every price point and type of drinker, if you will. So what is it about these different regions? Um, You know, obviously, you look at regions in the United States, California. You look at regions Mm -hmm. overseas, Spain, Mm -hmm. France, uh, South America, it's Chile, it's Argentina. What is it about these places that, that, that makes wine, that makes it able to grow a good grape? Is it the climate? Is it the kind of grapes you're using? I mean, obviously, you're talking about many diverse different climates there. So what is it that it, makes uh, uh, an advantage to Argentina? Yeah, sure. It's a little bit of, uh, of all of those, uh, mainly the proximity to the Andes and the altitude make the Argentine wine really unique. Mm-hmm. The vines really appreciate a high altitude and a desert-like conditions. So most of Argentina's five different distinct regions are anywhere from 3,000 feet to 10,000 feet elevation. Wow. Yeah, yeah, some of these places, it's hard to breathe so high it is. Um, (laughs) But it's it's beautiful, and um, the grapes love that environment. It really pushes the roots from the grapes to go down and get the nutrients. You can feel the terroir. You can feel the actual earth in your wine. So it's, it's very unique in that way. Now, obviously, to wine experts who might be listening to us right now, they're familiar with with how the grapes grow and what kind of grapes go into different wines. But to a lot of amateurs, they're completely unfamiliar with this. So at least in Argentina, how many different grapes do you have? What kind of grape grows best in Argentina? And what kind of a wine would that produce? Great, great question. We have about 15 different distinct varietals. But um, the most known is Malbec. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malbec uh, came originally from France. It developed best in the altitudes of Argentina. We also produce uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. We produce a very interesting red that's uh, fairly new into the U.S. market called Bonarda. Mm-hmm. Uh, same story as Malbec coming from France. Bonarda actually came from Italy and represented best in the altitudes in the environment of Argentina. We have great Chardonnay. We have a white wine called Torrontes. Mm-hmm. That's very unique, very floral and unique. We make uh, Pinot Grigio. As far as the ones I import, we have all types of colors and uh, <laughs> early, you know, young wines, meaning not a lot of oak flavor for everyday style. We have wines that have a little bit of oak. We have wines that are nice and bold, blends, uh, sparkling. So it's a very uh, yeah. portfolio, if you will. So let's uh, let's drill down on this just a bit more. Again, for anybody who's really not familiar with with how wine works, uh, you know, again, to the amateur, it would be simple. A red wine comes from a red grape and a white wine, I suppose, comes from a white grape. But when you talk about Malbecs versus uh, Cabernet Sauvignons, we're talking about different grapes that are grown in different ways here. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, and Malbec, the partic- particularity about Malbec is that um, it develops very well in the altitudes, gaining 
it needs a lot of sun. It needs also a diurnal change in temperature. What that means is that the temperature on any given day of the year will fluctuate anywhere from 30 to 50 degrees from day to night. So picture you are in a 100-degree day in the middle of the summer. At night, you're going to need a jacket mm -hmm. in these places. So uh, what happens is the grapes get to polyphenate or photosynthesize during the day better than in a lot of other regions. And at night, they rest and they don't over-ripen so they're ready for the next day to start the process again. Uh, it is truly the winemaker's delight because they can, uh, the hardest part of a winemaker is when to pick the grapes. Mm -hmm. uh, so in these altitudes, only seven to nine uh, inches of rain fall a year. So they can truly uh, mitigate all that, uh, all those efforts and see where exactly the sugar levels and the acidity levels are on the grapes and pick them in the right moment. Bring it into easy terms. Now, it means that the wines are going to be soft. They're going to be easy. They're going to be approachable. Your Malbec should be medium body. That means that it's not going to linger for a long, long time. And it's going to have soft and, and easy round fruit flavors, a lot of plum, blackberries, blueberries. So it's, um, you know, it's one that you take to a party and everybody loves. <laughs> You're listening to Chattanooga Business Radio. Brian Joyce, that is my name. We're broadcasting live from the Regis Office Center in downtown Chattanooga. And right now I'm talking with Mariano Sebrian. Mariano is with Panoram Imports. They are an Argentinian uh, wine importer. Well, a wine importer that specializes in Argentinian wines. So Mariano, you had said, uh, mentioned right off the top of the program that uh, you originally moved here to study, I believe, to go to college Correct. in Georgia. So how did you get into the importing business? Has this always been the family business or is this just something you came around to yourself? No, myself and a few partners, we have family that grow wines in Argentina. So the idea was always in there. So after I finished college, I uh, had a few different entrepreneur ideas and um, it was very natural to start with wine. We started with the one family vineyard and uh, we've grown to five different suppliers. They are all very small boutique vineyards that uh, produce and craft unique wines. Mm -hmm. But uh, the idea, we started very natural and, uh, and it's growing very well as well. Did you also see a need in the market. I, I think you were talking about this a few minutes ago, but I, but, but I think it's obviously in the last maybe two decades where you've seen Argentinian Correct. wines really start to take off. Before that, traditionally, we're talking about France and Spain maybe uh, for wine. So was that part of your motivation to get into importing as well? You knew I'm from Argentina. This is an emerging market for wines. And and was it a case where we didn't have a lot of them in this region? Exactly. What we had we had a lot of the big importers from Argentina that, um, as I like to say, uh, they kind of mass produce wine. And in comparison to our products, they have to go to some processes of filtration and finding that in a small vineyards, they don't. For example, our wines are all unfiltered and unfined. They're natural. What that means is you may have some sediments at the end of the bottle, but that keeps the bottle evolving, keeps your wine growing in, in, in the bottle and uh, it gives you more flavor, truly. Mm -hmm. um, the wines that you see on every single store from Argentina, unfortunately, because they're so big, they have to go through some processes that make them uh, a little less unique, if you will. 
So that's where the, uh, we saw that need. We brought those wines and we're doing really well with them. So what exactly do you do as an importer on a day-to-day basis? Who is your typical client or customer? Who do you import these wines for? Is it, is it private collectors? Is it wine and liquor stores? Is it distributors? All of the above. Mm-hmm. Basically, that's a great question. We are direct importers, so we wholesale to distributors, and in turn, we help them sell to liquor stores and restaurants and private collectors. That's something that uh, when we first got into the business, we thought, all right, our, our, our deal is done when we sell to the distributor. But uh, we learned through the years that we actually have to make the sale about seven to 10 times before mm-hmm. our, our wine gets, gets out in the market. And that's really what I love uh, about my business is going in the market, going in the street, talking to the bartenders, educating them, uh, because uh, truly they haven't seen a Bonarda yet or right. a blend that's unique to the northern 9,000 feet elevation vineyards. We sell to the distributors first, then to the retail shops, and uh, hopefully soon enough to the uh, grocery stores as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking here with Mariano Sebrian with Panoram Imports. And, and anybody who is, uh, by the way, Mariano, anybody who is interested in, in getting into this industry, obviously, uh, take a minute to explain here, but um, to do what you do, I'm sure... You need various uh, licenses and, and qualifications yes. through the state. And I know, obviously, the state of Tennessee, just like any state, when it comes to the importing and exporting of, of liquors and spirits and wines, there can be a lot of different uh, complications and red tape. So just uh, explain that process. It's not as simple as just, well, we're going to bring in a box of wine and I'm going to sell it to people. There, there's what do, you have to, what do you have to do to get to that point? Brian, that's a good question. And uh, we get that a lot. Um, Initially, when we started, uh, we had to go through a lot of processes to get our licenses. Uh, one of my partners always says it uh, may have been easier to bring guns and ammunition <laughs> <laughs> instead right. of alcohol. It took us almost a year until we could actually have products. Yes, we do have to go through a lot of processes of red tape as far as a state level, mm-hmm. city level, county level. Uh, they're all different licenses and hoops to go through. We currently work in Tennessee and Georgia. They couldn't be more different. It's almost like it's a different country right. when you cross the state line. Yeah. That keeps also our business very interesting. Well, uh, complicated uh, for you because, of course, here in Chattanooga, we're right on that border. So you have to be aware, depending on who you're selling to, there could be a completely different uh, different set of rules and regulations. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And we cross state lines very, very, much, uh, very much so every day. Mm-hmm. Now, Panoram Imports, uh, just Argentinian wines, or do you also specialize in others? Just Argentine wines for now. Okay. Yes, All right. Talking here with Mariano Sebrian, and again, he is with Panoram Imports. And um, Mariano, besides obviously partnering with uh, the distributors and bars and restaurants, private collectors, uh, what other kinds of services does Panoram Imports offer? We offer a lot of wine tastings. They vary in whatever way we do them. Uh, we can do them educational. We can do them just a fine night out, a ladies' night, or mm-hmm. a group of couples getting together. So we really enjoy doing those events and educating the people on the wines, and not just the wines, but the culture. We also do a lot of Argentine asados, which means uh, the Argentine barbecue experience, mm. where, um, yes, uh, coming from Argentina, we get great beef, great wine, sure. and uh, beautiful women. 
<laughs> but what we do is we partner with caterers and we bring the Argentine experience to your home, your business. So the wine tastings, things like this, uh, you do this, you just partner up with different restaurants or caterers, or do you have your own space where you do this? No, we partner up with different mm -hmm. people and mm -hmm. we do it privately or in restaurants and or, or businesses like I mentioned before. And uh, anybody who might be interested in taking a wine tour and maybe visiting Argentina, do you also coordinate that sort of a thing? That is uh, next uh, in, in our plans and it's long history in the making. Uh, every time we do one of these events, people ask, uh, when are we going? Mm -hmm. So our first wine tours, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen soon, most likely in the fall. What we will do for that is we will actually go to my hometown in the northern part of Argentina called Salta. Mm -hmm. And um, I've done this before, taking friends and family, being their, the, the tour guide, if you will. So we will do this with a small, reduced group of people and show him the true experience of going to the vineyards where we work with and uh, not getting the $20 tour, but uh, actually getting to meet the winemaker, work in the vineyard, meet the owners and stay there, truly have the taste of, of, of what it takes or where the wine comes from. Now, the last question I would like to ask you as well, obviously, we, we talked about some of the difficulties that are involved when you start up an importing business, the various state and local regulations and, and hula hoops that you have to jump through. But you're based right here in Chattanooga. And so just to get back to what I was talking about with Jonathan uh, from One Million Cups, have you found the business landscape, the uh, the entrepreneurial landscape in Chattanooga? Has has this particular city, this particular uh, region of where we are in East Tennessee, has that been conducive to you guys uh, getting your business off the ground? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, since we started, we've been working, you know, with the BDC, with Colab, co-starters, business accelerators. We've been always involved. Actually, I regularly go to the nine, uh, one million caps uh, mm -hmm. Wednesday events. I love those. Chattanooga is great about having people, encouraging people, uh, putting people together with the actual, you know, makers and shakers of mm -hmm. uh, business. So we are very fortunate to be here and it actually works really well as far as logistics for us to, you know, bring the wine and, and, and go through, you know, the Alana the Birmingham's, Nashville, and be in a very um, central location. But not only that, just the community and everybody's, oh, look, you know, the back of the bottle says Chattanooga, Tennessee. <laughs> so, it, you know, it, it's just, right. uh, it's, it's very cool to be here. So you would be living testament. Again, I was talking about this with Jonathan, uh, asking him about the kinds of businesses that come in, the kinds of entrepreneurs that present at One Million Cups. Sometimes it's people who maybe have a... a an app idea, they come from a tech background, but in other cases, it's might be somebody like you who just, uh, you're from a foreign country that produces great wines. How do I get this idea off the ground? Exactly, exactly. No, this is, it's, there's a lot of great opportunities in town to, to just get out there and like Jonathan say, practice. Uh, you know, you have an idea, you have a, uh, a dream and um, get out there, talk to people. It's going to be impossible to do it on your own. So go out and network. Once again, talking here with Mariano Sebrian with Panoram Imports. Mariano, before I let you go, I appreciate your time, but uh, you're doing all kinds of good stuff. You're doing wine tastings. You can organize wine tours in the near future. And obviously, importing these, uh, these wines from Argentina is your main uh, goal right now and your main game. So 
Anybody who wants to reach out to you directly, I know you have a website. I'm sure you have a phone number. How do they get in touch with uh, Panoram Imports? The best way to do it would be through Facebook. So just look it up uh, there. It's Panoram Imports without the A. It's not Panorama, but Panoram Imports. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a word we created uh, having a panoramic view of business and, and the world. But uh, Panorama Imports, look us up on Facebook and stay abreast of all the wine tastings and different events we have going on in town. And um, yeah, just like us and we'll like you back. There we go. All right, Mariano Sebrian with Panoram Imports. I appreciate your time. Again, folks, check him out at panoramimports.com. And of course, before that, we were talking with Jonathan Cleary at One Million Cups Chattanooga. And you can check them out at www.1millioncups.com slash Chattanooga. And again, the one is the number one, not the letter one. So 1millioncups.com slash Chattanooga. My name is Brian Joyce. I appreciate you joining us. This is Chattanooga Business Radio. We have been broadcasting live from the Regis Office Center, and we will talk to you next time. Take care of yourselves.